Welcome to Minding Health, a podcast project by the Mental Health Advocates. We are a medical student initiative at the University of Alberta. Hey everyone, this is Lucy. And I'm Adam. You're listening to the Minding Health podcast. It is brought to you by the Mental Health Advocates. We are a medical student group based out in the University of Alberta, and uh, this is one of the many initiatives supported by the Medical Student Association. We promote mental health awareness and work-life balance for medical students. So you may be asking, why are we doing a podcast? And I guess the reason for that is that as medical students, it's quite salient for us that there's a high degree of burnout, both in the student side of things and once we graduate in the profession. One of the main ways to combat that burnout is really building a robust support network and community amongst us all so that we have each other to rely upon when things get a little tough going forward. And we thought a podcast would be a wonderful way to showcase everyone's stories. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So we also want this project to recognize the amazing diversity we have here at UVA. So uh, that's why we're bringing a lot of um, awesome people here. And we want to feature as many people as we can on this platform. So our first guest today is the one and only Kenji Miner. He is actually a former executive of the Portraits of Mental Health team and has graciously donated his time after recently finishing his year two of medical school. So we're very excited to have him here. Hi, I'm Kenji. Hello, Kenji. Hello. <laughs> How are you Long doing time no see. Yeah. Um, so we have a fun question here. Uh, so what movie, TV, podcast, books, philosophers keeps you on course? Right. So we talked about podcasts earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, probably part of the reason I'm doing this is because I am such a huge fan of podcasts. I listen to so many podcasts. I currently subscribe. My phone is telling me. I have 31 podcasts wow, that you've subscribed to. to. Wow. Yeah, I know. Look at that <laughs> wall of content there. Beautiful. Um, so, like, personally speaking, ones that, what was the question? Is it, like, ones that, like, motivate me? Or yeah, just, that motivates you, that keeps you... Um, what do you look forward to? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I find the most, like, motivating ones, I listen to a lot of, like, self-development podcasts, which is, like, super corny, but it's, like, I like to think a step up from self-help, where I'm mm-hmm. not, like going into these because it's like, oh, I have a problem with my relationships. It's like, no, but how could I make relationships better? Mm -hmm. Or how could I, I don't know, enhance my ability to take on challenges or those sorts of things? It's a very proactive approach, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing that since undergrad, just been addicted to podcasts. So I really like, it's called Where There's Smoke. It's a it's kind of like a personal development podcast, but it's Mm -hmm. really well edited and it's super meta. So they have this, like, um, they have, like, an example episode would be, like, beginnings. So the episode starts out with, like, a a beginning sequence. And then they kind of, like, talk about beginnings until they come to, like, a revelation. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Stop the podcast. And then they, like, (laughs) begin it again. And they change what they said because they're, like, evolving what, like, beginnings actually are. So it's, like, an iterative thing that is recorded through through each step of the way, right? Like. Yeah, and so, like, their beginnings episode begins five times, and it's like, that's kind of yeah. cool, super, <laughs> super meta, or they have, like, another one on procrastination, where they're talking about how long it took to get that episode out, because it comes out in, like, their second season of making yeah. podcasts, <laughs> and it's, like, their number one most, like, requested, recorded thing, requested mm-hmm. thing, so, like, they talk about a lot of what they talk about is because they they were making like a weekly podcast that was like mm-hmm. quite labor intensive given how they do it. They're like 
30 minutes long and they're making once a, one a week while having like full-time jobs. So they apply a lot of the things they're talking about in the podcast mm-hmm. to the making of the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that approach. Um, so that's a good one. I also like, um, just for like interest sake, I like the Tim Ferriss show. I know Tim Ferriss is this guy who he kind of does like, I think he'd hate how I'm describing it, but he kind of does like the whole like life hack sort of thing, but mm-hmm. he like, he's actually looking for things that require some challenge and mm-hmm. he's not taking easy paths really on any of uh, the sorts of like ways he's trying to like improve himself and mm-hmm. whatnot. So he's just essentially going for like what actually works, even mm-hmm. if it is really difficult and you couldn't call it a life hack. Yeah. Um, so he likes talking about accelerated learning because he like learned like six languages he's like an entrepreneur he has written like four books on accelerated learning and i find like learning about learning would be uh pretty pretty useful down the line given that i'm going to be studying for the next like four years minimum (laughs) (laughs) i am noticing the meta theme about you that that, that seems (laughs) to be the topic that you're trending towards um and then in terms of just like fun podcasts i like planet money they talk about economics but it's like humorful Mm -hmm. like 99 percent invisible it's about design it's nice to like learn about things that aren't medically relevant at all sometimes that's pretty refreshing oh i heard about um what is it 99 percent yeah 99 percent invisible (laughs) yeah of how Human behavior is influenced just by the structure of a room and how yeah, and how we interact with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. totally cool. Um, uh, I like a lot of NPR podcasts. Like Invisibilia is a popular one. They're talking about like unseen things that influence human behavior. So they have like an episode on fear. They have an episode on personality. They have an episode on like what clothes you wear and how that like impacts. Yeah, it's just a cool, cool topic. It's pretty much any like NPR or Gimlet podcast or a self-development podcast would be something. Okay, well, last question in the set. Uh, did you come here with any friends? So I was living in Calgary and I applied to medicine with uh, my boss. He was a pharmacist. I was working as a pharmacy assistant, which is like a pharmacy technician, except you have none of the training. You're just trained on the job. Um, (laughs) So none of the knowledge. You kind of just like fumble your way through it. Some of the knowledge, I would imagine. You learn it over time, but, you know. Um, But anyways, so like my boss applied to medicine and I applied to medicine. He got in in U of C and U of A. I only got in in U of A, so I went Mm -hmm. here. Um, I have no regrets about coming here. It's a phenomenal program. I really like the opportunity to live on my own and meet all these great people. Um, so I didn't come up here with him. And then another one of my friends was applying to pharmacy at U of A for the same time. And we were hoping to room together, but she didn't get into the program. So I just came up, moved up by myself. Uh, it was kind of exciting. I, I moved a month before school started. Mm-hmm. So I kind of uh, attempted to meet people in the only way that you meet people as, like, a 20-something. So I just, like, went to the bar. <laughs> and for, like, a month, I was just, like, I don't know, trying to hang out. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, made some friends who weren't in the program, like, mm-hmm. oh, in my cool. first week. Yeah. I met some, like, PhD students in chemistry who like to drink. So, yeah, hey, that was yeah. pretty good. So I didn't move up with anyone, but I had friends before school started, and that mm-hmm. was super rewarding Mm -hmm. especially since these friends are outside of medical school yeah 
Yeah. Um, I have to say, in hindsight, like, I don't know, just in first year, I maintained my friendships with people outside of school much mm-hmm. better than I did in second year. And it would have been great if I continued those and had yeah. allocated my time to see more out-of-school people, but oh well. What do you think was the pressure, too, that resulted in like well, falling out of time? Yeah. Well, one of them moved, and he was the one who lived the closest to me, so that like, had mm. no bearing on Distance. my choice or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I was still friends with like the group, and I feel like it was a combination of being busy with like just learning and studying yeah. and those sorts of things, and also... Um, a lot more of my social life, especially starting in second year, was just centered around the medical community. So I was hanging out with more medical students. So, yeah, it's just a balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still good on you for reaching out and making those connections even before medical school too, right? That's a tough thing to do, right? And it was okay. You pretty much go up to people and say, "Hey, look, I have no friends." <laughs> no, I don't you. But you know, <laughs> I have some company, so if you're, if you're looking for someone to hang out with, you know, wouldn't say no. <laughs> speaking from a hardcore introvert's perspective, certainly that's like terrifying for, or at least was terrifying for me probably a year and a half ago. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Def- definitely cool to hear. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I guess I, one, one of the other things that you've already touched upon here was, I guess, the support network that you've had in medicine. And it, so, like, you, you said, like, you've you enhanced or built upon the friendships, kind of, that you made in medical school in your second year. Yeah. Kind of, did you feel well supported? Or what, what supports did you reach out to for the first couple of years? Right. So, for the first year, uh, just when anyone mentions support and goes to the U of A, I just want to shout out to the law office, because the law office is phenomenal, and you can go there for all the support you need if you need any support. Um, but so for the first year, um, I tried to, I don't know, meet like-minded people and I thought just the way that courses were structured and especially with like, you remember in O week you did that team building thing that was super corny. Oh yeah. The finding yeah. your identity. I think it was called Rundle Park. Park. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all of the, like, all of the events you're going to, like mainly drinking events, but. The social events and board game things. Um, so I thought that was really well done to facilitate like meeting other people. Mm-hmm. So I met people like I met a bunch of people who I've stayed in contact with in the first week of school. So that was pretty good. And then mm-hmm. I feel like having DL structured in the way it is, where you're constantly going through different groups, is really formative to finding people you like interacting with. Mm-hmm. Um, so in first year, I'd say I found, like, a smaller group of people who I enjoyed hanging out with and who I fit in with, so I felt like I had a decent amount of friends, and I'd say in second year, I felt more just, like, general camaraderie, where mm. I pretty much knew the names of everyone in the program, and probably at least, like, one funny story or something about them, so... Mm. It was much more open in second year, I felt, to just approach someone who you had never formally had a conversation with, but mm-hmm. you knew so much about them that it, I know it wouldn't be weird if you're just like, hey, mind if I study here with you or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And pop into a DL room and have a chat. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, like, studying on campus is always good for that. And also, in second year, uh, hosting a lot of the orientation week stuff. Like, I wasn't like an O week leader. Mm-hmm. 
but I was volunteering for lots of those things. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really good for for networking and meeting people you hadn't seen all summer. Yeah, no, and some of the social events I remember actually were held at your residence, right? And mm, not my residence per se. There was the well, lip sync battle. Oh, that, oh, sorry, there was the links. I, I did a lip sync yeah. battle with Chris Christensen, and that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, and I was a set leader for orientation. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, what else did I do during orientation? I went to a lot of the things in both years or weeks. They yeah. were super fun. Nice. What was your favorite part? Uh, well, the lip sync battle was pretty great because me and Chris actually had to like practice outside of that. Oh, nice. um, I'm not sure if either of you went to the. Lip-sync I did. No, I, no, I remember chatting with you right after. Actually. Yeah. Did you Did you go to it, Lucy? I think I went to part of it. Okay. Was it hosted at Wonder? Yeah, it was Wonder at Evolution. Evolution Wonder Lounge. Yeah, you're right. Which was awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, they're, they're, going, the they're, they're going back there again to do the event this year. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Um, but I know that one required, like, out-of-class time of, like, prepping my lips <laughs> and battle. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to go into too much detail of the song we chose, because it's not mm. a super professional one. You can look so. on YouTube. No, 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 is it actually no, on YouTube? No, not. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just so much fear. Um, <laughs> you should have seen his expression. <laughs> but uh, that, was, that was one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments. Um... Yeah, besides that, like, I know you get some great opportunities to, like, visit places you haven't been before. Like, Amscar was fun because you get to hang out in the Banff Conference Center and its luxuries. Yeah. yeah meet some nice. UFC folks over there. Amscar is just the wellness summit hosted by, you know, both UFC and U of A medical students there. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you were, yeah, you were quite involved with the student group slash student initiative scene here, obviously being part of the Portraits of Mental Health team. But can you expand on that experience a little bit? What drew you towards it and what mm. that meant to you? So I think in the beginning of the year, in your first week, you're kind of just blasted with all of this information about social groups, social committees, student initiatives, mm-hmm. clubs, and they're all like similar but kind of different. And I know I was an I was affiliated with extracurriculars in my undergrad. Like, I was uh, an event coordinator for, like, the Mount Royal Science, um, or it was a chemical and biological science student committee, and, like, some other clubs, like an improv club that I just did drop-ins for. So I, like, wanted to get involved in so- those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And mental health was just the one that stood out to me the most, um, just because I find it the most interesting, and it's had the most impact on me and the people who I surround myself with. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was out of all of the sorts of like advocacy and initiative style things, it was just the one that was the most interesting to me. What were you hoping to do on the the kind of the team for the past year here? Well, I wanted to get involved in like doing some sort of volunteering or advocacy or those sorts of things. Um, And besides that, I don't know, I think like, Part of the, when I was kind of introduced to the committee, they were talking a lot about advocacy of mental health within the medical community, Mm -hmm. which just like looking at statistics on burnout and on all of the super depressing facets of devoting your life to the medical career, it just seemed like something that would only become more important going forward and Mm -hmm. something where, I don't know, it was just 
deserving of some volunteer work in a way. It just looked like a, an underserviced area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kenji Sutney did a great job inspiring both Lucy and I because we applied to the committee and <laughs> here we are now. Yeah. So. I know. I mean, it speaks to his dedication. Mm-hmm. No. It's okay. <laughs> I hosted some events. It was good. Yeah. Actually, one of the events that we do host is called Monologues of Mental Health. It's similar to what we're doing now. But it's where people have the opportunity to showcase their journey through mental illness and through, I guess, any struggles they've had in their particular journey getting here. And yeah, yeah it's an open forum for them to express themselves. And it's a much more like private and intimate setting than this. Obviously, so, no yes. recording. Yeah, uh, but man, that, that event is awesome. Like I've gone to it twice now. First year, just like as an attendee, yeah. as like a junior exec and not really mm-hmm. knowing what was going on. And then yeah. second year is like hosting it. Oh, it is such an awesome event. It gets me hyped. Yeah. It's so, it's epic. It's soulful, like, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it sells out, like full house. Every, every, time. every time we have someone speak, they're just so brave and it's so powerful whenever someone chooses to share like that. And also shout out to the law office because they're there. <laughs> uh, no support. kidding, yeah. Yeah. One thing that was quite cool for me, it, it, because I attended the event myself this year, as, I guess as a junior exec, but... So there is a list of speakers that sign up beforehand and, mm-hmm. and have their, I guess, 20 to 30 minute time slot that go up. But at the end, we also allow for people to go up themselves to, to add on if they feel empowered to do so. And I think it really speaks to the community that is built in that event, in that you actually have quite a few people going up to the mic and sharing their stories because they feel so comfortable in sharing mm-hmm. based on the stories that have been shared with them that evening, right? Mm-hmm. And people who may not have well, otherwise, and like you know, the only reason tell them what they have to go through, right? The only reason the event really like ends is because it's like now like one thirty in the morning. Yeah, no, we went to the we hours. Yeah. Like, oh, we're medical students. We like to go to bed at a yeah. somewhat reasonable time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna have to say goodbye to that enclosure, but like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess on that note, is there anything that you would recommend for an incoming medical student 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 to know about? <laughs> Uh, to know about in terms of stress or in to know about in terms of oh just in general oh yeah to know about in, in just in general whether it be oh, like, life philosophy or so some like, specific thing to reach to you getting to know your classmates is super important super useful given the length of the program and the fact that you're constantly like cycling through groups mm-hmm. you're going to learn everyone's names eventually you're going to meet everyone eventually and you're going to know everyone eventually mm-hmm. so uh, like. I don't know, I'd say in first year, I was kind of under the impression of like, oh, I can't possibly know all these people. I'll just find a few who I like get along with and that'll mm-hmm. be that'll be enough. But no, just being open and approachable to other people. If you see some person you've never met before in a DL room studying by mm-hmm. themselves, there's no other DL rooms, mm-hmm. just like knock on the door and be like, hey, can I study with you? Because they're probably in a similar situation. We're all like medical students here. Mm-hmm. Um you'll probably get some sort of interesting story out of them or something like that. So just being open and approachable right from the get-go because eventually you're going to know all these people pretty well. So don't be, don't be nervous. <laughs> At some point you'll be doing a group project with them and you'll be happy that you got to know them. Um, then I think besides that, um, it... It starts off really intimidating, I have to say, like the first bit of medicine 
is really intimidating with abbreviations and acronyms and just like being uncertain of what your schedule is or uh, just dealing with things like the professionalism button, which different classes will handle better than other classes. Um, so just uh, sort of like acknowledging that it's a lot to learn and not expecting yourself to just be totally aware of what your schedule is from day one. It kind of like you figure it out over time. You get accustomed to being a medical student. And then besides that, just um, especially like early on, going to events and finding people who you can have a conversation with is great. But like even better is if you invite someone to hang out or you start a Dungeons and Dragons group and you invite some of your classmates to play. But like getting to know people outside of the formalized sort of events, I found to be I know, much more meaningful and much more like long-standing than mm. just speaking to certain people at um, like formal events. So yeah, just kind of like reaching out and making that connection of like, hey, like we hang out when we're in Kate's, but maybe we could hang out when we're outside of Kate's too. Um, what would you like to do? Or like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm finding that common ground in terms of interest. I also activity. just moved to Edmonton. Do you want to try Remedy? <laughs> Everyone's raving about it. That sort of stuff. Um, yeah. You'll, like, all the medical students will eventually be semi-comfortable with each other. So you can start that earlier. Like, you don't have to, you shouldn't be nervous about each other because you're going to work with each other in the future. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the future, um, what are your plans up for the next few years? So I'm doing ICC uh, for my third year um, because I'm interested in family medicine. Um so family medicine, uh, you get a lot of good opportunity to like talk to your patients and you have more control over your practice. So if you, um, if you wanted to have longer visits with your patient, you could. Mm -hmm. It would be an option to you when you're in a clinic and not in the hospital. Right. Um, you kind of get more control over your schedule like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing ICC for third year. Uh, my site is Westlock. I'll let you guys know how that goes. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, curious, yeah. nervous. We'll see, we'll see how third year goes. Mm -hmm. um, and then besides that, uh, I also like about family medicine how you get a lot of opportunities to do teaching. Like mm -hmm. this is also with having the freedom to sort of like define your practice. But uh, like my LC preceptor, uh, he takes a lot of residents, he takes medical students, and probably half of his job is teaching. Mm. And that looks like a really sort of enjoyable way to work. It's kind of serving the medical community in an indirect way, but it looks mm. it looks really meaningful. And I think there's a lot of spots open for for people who want to teach, not just hey, we need to rope some people <laughs> into, to teach a few sessions. Um, so yeah, I'd like to do some type of family medicine with lots of teaching involved. That's very nice. Um, and just for our listeners who are not familiar with the abbreviations yet, uh, can you explain what ICC is? Uh, okay, yeah, I used two abbreviations there. So LCE is Longitudinal Clinical Experience. It is shadowing of a family doctor in the Edmonton area that you do in like eight sessions in first year and seven sessions in second year to get exposure to family medicine. 
Um, I'd say a good thing you could like be forewarned to do about LC is to talk to your classmates about what their LC experiences are like, because mm -hmm. it varies a huge amount depending on the practice of your LC preceptor. So I know some people had really mixed experiences with LCE. I had a really positive experience with LCE. Um, so it's kind of good to share those experiences because if you really don't enjoy your LCE, well, it could perhaps not be like illustrative of what family medicine is like. That's just what your preceptor's practice is. Um, and then ICC is Integrated Community Clerkship. It is an option for your third year, or instead of doing clinical rotations, mm -hmm. uh, you do one bulk rural family medicine rotation, where you do some of your time in hospital and like an equal amount of your time in a rural family medicine clinic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And what percentage of your class chooses to go the ICC route? So ICC has, I think, like 22 students this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. A lot of the people doing ICC have rural backgrounds. Um, I don't have any rural background, but I'm kind of interested to see if rural family medicine would be something that appeals to me. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, besides PNME, which is another <laughs> abbreviation where you spend one month of second year in a rural site. Um, mm -hmm. ICC is a good way to get exposure in rural medicine. Yeah. Um, so. I'm just kind of doing it to, first off, get a lot of experience in family medicine. And you're mm -hmm. supposed to get more hands-on uh, in a rural site. Well. Yeah. yeah, like good for clinical skills, good for direct interaction with people rather than interacting through a, a resident. Um, but we'll see how living in a rural place for the first time goes. <laughs> yeah. Keep us updated. <laughs> yeah. That'll be one way. To, it's it's a very good way actually to determine whether that's for you because you're actually yeah. be living in, in really embedded in that environment for quite a period of time. So. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be, be interesting. Otherwise, oh, it'll, it'll, it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> it'll it'll definitely teach me a lot about family medicine. So mm -hmm. for sure, that'll be useful. Yeah. Is that the current specialization that you're looking at for the CARMS application? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. I know. I, uh, I originally went in and I was thinking maybe neurology, maybe psychiatry, mm -hmm. maybe emergency, and maybe family medicine. Mm -hmm. And just generally through shadowing things that I was interested in, I narrowed it down to what was the most enjoyable for me. Like emergency is exciting and it's cool, but there's a lot of parts that are I know. They just you don't you don't get much time with patients in a way, and I feel like, and that's that's in no way encompassing of all emergency practices. But just for me, I like to getting to know patients. Thank you for coming in today, Kenji. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. Well, this has been Minding Health. I'm Adam. And this is Lucy. Great, and we'll see you next time for the next episode.